What we find very interestingly is lesson number one. In the story of Purim, God's name is not mentioned once. God was concealed during the whole story of Purim until the salvation came. And it came in an instant where the decree where all Jewish people were to be annihilated was turned over. As a matter of fact, not just the Jewish people became free, but they were given the right ability to defend themselves. And the king relaxed all the taxes for the Jewish people and really gave them the freedom that they so much deserved and yearned for. So lesson number one from this amazing story is that even at times when God seems to be concealed, lest you know God is never concealed from us. He is always there. He'll always come through for us. Just like in the story of Purim, where it seemed like God was concealed, where the wicked Haman came up with this terrible idea of annihilating all Jewish people, young and old, men and women, in one day, and the king agreed with it, and there seemed to be no way out of it. And all of a sudden, through the commitment and dedication of Queen Esther, the king abolished the decree and flipped everything over upside down. What was supposed to be down became up. And the lesson we learn is no matter what, God is always there with us. Lesson number two, a timeless lesson, was about one of the greatest women of Jewish history. Her name was Esther. Esther was minding her own business when she was approached by the king and his messengers. They were scouting out to find a new queen for the king. And she was the only one that fit the bill what the king wanted. Queen Esther was the most beautiful person of all Persia. And the king took her into the palace as a queen. She was a Jewish woman. And she was the cousin of Mordechai, which was the head of the Sanhedrin of the great Jewish court. And yet she was going to be marrying the king who's not Jewish. And she is going to be welcomed into the palace. Here she was taken from a very quiet, modest woman to become the queen of all Persia. She went ahead and she did this for only one reason because she knew that this was divine providence, that she needs to be in that place at that moment, at that time, to eventually bring salvation to the Jewish people. And this is such a beautiful lesson that we learn from us, that everything that happens in life happens for a purpose. Everything is orchestrated by God. God decides man's footsteps, where they need to be, when they need to be. And here with Queen Esther, she had to be in the palace so that down the road she will be able to be the one who brings salvation to her own nation. So don't challenge God when God orchestrates different twists and turns in your life. Always know that God with divine providence is watching and guiding every single footstep where you go geographically. Lesson number three, a timeless lesson from the story of Purim. King Ahasuerus 
had a party for 180 days. That was his way of celebrating his kingdom. However, during this party, he served non-kosher food and he used the holy vessels of the temple to serve the food with. And the rabbis were telling the Jewish people, you are not allowed to partake in this feast. You should not partake in this feast. However, the local Jewish people were very tempted and they have succumbed to their temptations. And many have taken part of this feast over the time. They ate the non-kosher food and they used the vessels from the Timot that they shouldn't have. Many Jewish people have sinned during this period of time. And that was kind of the beginning of the end. And realizing that when they are transgressing like this, they are not creating light in the world. And the opposite effect happened. We realize that in life we are faced with temptations. Yes, God created us with a positive inclination and an evil inclination. And all day long we are tested and we are being put to the test and we are tempted. Sometimes the temptations are so powerful that we cannot resist. We get to learn from the story of Purim how important it is to remember your godly soul and to always remember right from wrong no matter how much you're tempted always remember the godly soul that you have the strength to overcome the temptations and not to succumb and not to transgress but to do what's right lesson number four a timeless lesson from the story of Purim Mordechai who was the head of the Jewish court great rabbi who knew 70 languages he has taught us a beautiful lesson of life. Hear something, do something. Mordechai was in the king's courtyard when he overheard two of his ministers plotting an assassination attempt on the king. He understood everything they said. He immediately went to Ahasuerus the king and he told him about the plot that is about to happen, that he will be assassinated through poisoning of his food. When Ahasuerus heard his words, he indeed took all the precautions necessary so that he wasn't poisoned. And eventually, these two ministers were punished severely for their assassination attempt. This was actually the beginning of the salvation for the Jewish people because the king then wrote down in the chronicles the event where Mordechai saved his life. He wrote it down in his memoirs and his chronicles of the kingdom. It is because you heard something, you did something. What happens in life, what we become aware of, God puts in front of us so we should take action. And we should do something about it, not just ignore it and turn the other way and mind your own business. No, if you hear something, you see something, you do something. Because you never know why God put you in that spot so that you can make a difference. Lesson number five, timeless lesson of the story of Purim. Hatred has no place in humanity. However, we find here that the story of Purim began unfolding because of hatred, where Haman hated Mordechai. And where did that hate stem from? Well, in the king's yard, Haman, who was one of the king's ministers, 
would walk very tall and haughty and he had an idol hanging on his necklace. As he would walk through the courtyard, he would require everyone to bow down to him. Well, everyone did, with the exception of Mordechai. Mordechai would not bow down to Haman. Not just not to bow down in front of a person, but not a person who has an idol on him. And this is part of the Ten Commandments. We cannot bow down to any idols. We cannot worship anything but God. And here Haman was demanding that. And Haman could not bear the fact that everyone bows down to him, but not Mordechai. Because Mordechai was different, Haman began hating him with a such hatred that he developed this plan to be able to eradicate Mordechai and all the Jewish people just because of that. And it is with that hatred that Haman approached the king and proposed the plan to annihilate every single Jew worldwide in one day. Here, from hatred, developed a plan of total annihilation of a whole nation. One can see of how hatred can be so destructive that we as human beings always have these challenges that people wrong us one way or another, offend us, hurt us, and we sometimes develop a hatred towards them. We need to remember the concept that hating does not help you, it doesn't help the other person. What we need to do is to be able to understand and realize that what happened to you happened for a reason, but there's no place for hate in this world. You can hate evil, but you cannot hate people. All people are created in the image of God. Some people don't act in the way of God. Some people are very bad people, but it's not our place to hate. And that is a lesson we learn from the story of Purim. It is because of the hate that Haman had towards Mordechai that put this whole motion in place to annihilate every single Jew. Timeless lesson number six. Queen Esther, who is now in the position as being the queen, had a very difficult choice to make. She was approached by Mordechai, and she revealed to Mordechai Haman's terrible decree to destroy and eradicate every single Jew from this world, young and old, men and women. And Mordechai told Esther, we need to do something about this. And Esther told Mordechai, you know that I cannot approach the king unless I am summoned first. And if I do approach him without being summoned, I could be put to death. And Mordechai looks at Esther and says, Esther, this is why you are here. This is your moment to bring salvation to your people. So Esther tells Mordechai, I will do this. But I want you to gather together all the children and all the Jewish people. And I want you to pray to God and fast for three days. And the queen says she will do the same thing. Now fasting is prohibited in the royal palace. But she is nonetheless going to do it. At the end of three days, she is going to do the unthinkable. She is going to approach the king not being summoned risking her life to save the Jewish people. 
And that is exactly what Queen Esther did. She fasted for three days. After the three days, she approached the king and the king welcomed her. And at that moment, she asked the king to please come to a party together with the wicked Haman. I want to have an event, a party together. And at that party, it's when the queen revealed to the king that she is Jewish and that she is about to be killed by a decree that you just gave. And the king said, who is this that your enemy that you're talking about? And she points her finger at Haman. It is her bravery standing up for what's right is what brought to salvation. And this is a timeless lesson that we learn from Queen Esther. That at times we need to stand up for what's right at any cost. Even if your life is on the line. But if you're standing up for what's right, then that is the right thing to do. Number seven, timeless lesson from the story of Purim. No good deed goes unrewarded. Yes, indeed. Mordechai overheard two of the king's ministers plotting an assassination on the king. And he saved the king's life. So the king wrote it down in his book of Chronicles. Comes one night, the king is unable to sleep. And he asks to be shown his book of Chronicles. And he begins reading. And he reads the chronicle, the entry, that Mordechai reported the assassination attempt. And he saved his life. And the king realized, you know, I never really thanked Mordechai. And he got up and he says, I want to thank Mordechai. So the king opens up his chambers and says, who is in the yard? Haman just happened to be there. Mordechai's arch enemy. And the king asks Haman, Haman, could you give me a suggestion? What would you do if the king wants to honor someone who the king adores so much that he endures him with his whole life? What kind of honor? How would you honor him? So Haman thinks to himself, he must be talking about me. So Haman says, yeah, you should offer the king's chariot and horses. And the king's ministers should run in front of the horses and announce, this is what you do for the person that the king honors so much. King says, that's a great idea. Says, Haman, why did you do exactly what you just told me to Mordechai? You could imagine what Haman felt like, but he had no choice because the king commanded him to do that. So Haman goes to Mordechai, puts him on the royal horse, and goes through the town of Shushan, and he's shouting out, this is what you do to the man that the king wants to honor. You can only imagine how this enraged Haman so much more so. Now, when he returned and got back, Haman built a gallow 50 feet high to eventually hang Mordechai. The lesson is, every good deed, no matter how small or big, you never know when it's going to be rewarded. It is because of Mordechai not ignoring what he became privy to, but he took action that set in motion the beginning of the redemption of the Jewish people.
Timeless lesson number eight from the story of Purim. Be proud of who you are. Stand tall with who your heritage is. Be proud of it and never conceal it. And this is what happened when Queen Esther approached the king and asked the king to come to a party with him and Haman. Up until that moment, no one knew that Queen Esther was a Jewess. When she approached the king, she stood tall and said that me and my nation are about to be killed and I am a Jewess and I cannot bear the fact that both me and my nation are going to be killed for absolutely no reason. By standing tall and firm and proud of who she was, she made such an impression on the king that the king realized that the decree that he already signed and sent out with all the messengers on the horses to tell the whole world to eradicate every single Jew on one day, it was going to include his wife Esther. It was because she stood so tall with such bravery and courage that the king looked at her and said, I will not let that happen. He took off his ring, gave it to the queen and said, use this as you wish. I give you half of the kingdom, but I will stop this terrible decree from happening. It was with her conviction, her bravery, that it was able to arouse by the king the realization how erroneous and how terrible that decree that Haman devised. So much so that everything got flipped over. That the king said, you know the gallow that Haman built to hang Mordechai? We're going to hang Haman and his ten children. Because he came up with this terrible plan and he was going to do such a terrible thing. And that is the story of Purim. How everything got flipped over from sadness to joy, from darkness to light. And it all began because Esther stood proud of who she was. Timeless lesson of the story of Purim number nine. The impossible can always become possible. God Almighty, the creator of the whole world, can change things in an instant. And that is what happened here in the story of Purim. At one moment, all Jewish people were going to be annihilated. In one day, young and old, men and women, everywhere. And in a moment, it got flipped over. That is the actual terminology that is written in the Chronicles of Purim. Everything got turned over upside down. What was supposed to be death for the Jews became life for the Jews. What's supposed to be darkness became light. What was sadness became joy. This is in life. God has the ability to flip everything on its head when God is ready to make that happen. And that is what happened during the story of Purim. The impossible became possible. And the lesson we learn from that is no matter what we're facing, always remember that we can turn to God and God can flip it around. As that is exactly what happened with the Jewish people. That a day that was destined to be a day 
of destruction became a day of freedom. That is what the whole holiday of Purim is all about. So much so that the Jewish people realized that this was such a miracle, that only God could have made this miracle, that they themselves repented from the transgressions of partaking in the party with the non-kosher food and using their own vessels, that they recommitted themselves just like they were at Mount Sinai again. And they were so committed to God and to Judaism that they committed themselves to studying the Torah, for continuing having circumcision, for rearing the tefillin, praying to God, and getting back into the spirit of Judaism the way it was. And that is what the miracle of Purim has taught us, that never give up. God could flip things around upside down in a moment. And we pray all the time that that happens. Timeless lesson number 10 from the story of Purim. Miracles that have happened in the past should never be forgotten. We are always to remember the miracles of the past and always relive the miracles and always re-celebrate the miracles. In the journal, in the story of Purim, known as the Megillah, it has been written down to be remembered in every generation. The story of Purim is going to be reread every single year on the exact same day as it happened. To remind us we never forget the goodness and the kindness of God. To remember the difficult times we have been through, and the great salvation God has provided for us. That history is there for us to relive, to appreciate, and to grow from it. We cannot forget history, but we need to relive it, re-experience it, and be grateful to God for the miracles that happened those days and in this time. And the way we celebrate miracles is the way we celebrate Purim. The very first thing we do is we listen to the story. We read the whole book of Esther. We deliver food baskets to each other. Expressing love to each other is the way we thank God. Giving charity to the poor, to the needy, at least to two needy people. Having a feast to celebrate the miracle of Purim. These are some ways how we celebrate Purim. And we celebrate it every year as if it happened this year. And that is the beauty about reliving an event, is to re-engaging with the moments of sorrow and pain and the salvation. As a matter of fact, Purim are, is one of those holidays that we traditionally say l'chaim, we drink spirits, we lift up our spirits, and, and, and we dance, we sing, kids come and masquerade. It's such festivity that you would think it happened this year. Yes, that's the way we celebrate Purim. And the story of Purim, the lesson of Purim, teaches us that every time that we pray to God, God will answer us. Purim teaches us to never give up. Always know that the impossible can become possible. And always know that you can make a difference. You can be an Esther. You can be a Mordechai. And that will eradicate any Haman that's out there. So let's celebrate this year Purim with lots of joy and lots of happiness. And let's pray and hope. We know happiness and joy breaks through all barriers. So let the joy and happiness of this year's Purim break through all the barriers.
so there should be an end to this exile, and we should be able to see greater and better times for all. Happy Purim.